Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Today is Saturday, June 27, 2020. On this day in 1942, the FBI captured the last of eight Nazi saboteurs planning to decimate the American war machine. Bureau leader J. Edgar Hoover was hailed as an American hero, but heroics can be deceiving. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering an early turning point in World War II, when the U.S. government thwarted a Nazi attempt to sabotage America on its own soil. Now let's go back to the morning of June 27, 1942. FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover was two arrests away from taking down an entire unit of Nazi spies. The mission was crucial, not only to the safety of the country, but also to the reputation of his organization. The German unit was called Operation Pastorius, and they plotted bombings of various cultural and business institutions all across the East Coast. Most of the team had already been arrested in New York, their locations given up by their unit's leader, a man named George Dosh. But two had been assigned to Chicago and were harder to track down. One, German-American Herbert Haupt, was found when he walked right into a local FBI office to explain why he had not registered for the draft. The agents quickly identified him as one of the spies and tracked him to his uncle's home. Herbert was only 22, the youngest of the group of eight men. He was terrified by the assignment. Unsure if he wanted to carry through with it, he confessed to his family still in America and sought to build a new life with his fiancée. It seemed he'd hoped that he could just disappear from the mission. But on June 27, 1942, FBI agents burst through the front door and arrested him. The second was Hermann Neubauer. Neubauer had spent much of his adult life in the U.S., but had managed to return to Germany during the outbreak of the Second World War and enlisted in the German army. After getting injured in a battle against the Russians, he was made a spy in Operation Pastorius and assigned Chicago. But late afternoon on June 27th, FBI agents arrived at the Sheridan Plaza Hotel, where their last saboteur was staying. Neubauer was out when they arrived. He liked films and was presumably at the movie theater. But a few hours later, Neubauer returned. And shortly after he walked into the lobby, he was arrested and taken to D.C. 
Meanwhile, Operation Pastorius leader George Dosh was antsy when he learned all the other men had been arrested. He didn't want them to know that he had turned them in and asked for it to be kept quiet. But the FBI had a different idea. According to Dosh, they encouraged him to plead guilty so he'd be thrown in prison with his comrades who wouldn't suspect a thing. After a couple of months, Hoover said, Dosh would receive a presidential pardon. Dosh obliged. What he didn't know is that allegedly, the president hadn't been told how Hoover had gotten the original tip. No mercy for Dosh was ever considered. At 8.25 p.m., J. Edgar Hoover made an official announcement that he had captured and arrested all eight of the Nazi saboteurs. Hoover was deemed a hero. In the public's eyes, he had saved the U.S. from complete destruction. If only they knew, Hoover's heroics were built on George Dosh's sacrifice. Coming up, Dosh is sentenced to life in prison. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com Spotify. TommyJohn.com Spotify. See site for details. And now back to the story. On June 27, 1942, Nazi spies Herbert Haupt, Hermann Neubauer, and George Dosch were in custody for intending to sabotage the American war effort. But though it may seem like all three had malicious intent, in reality, none had set out to become spies in the first place. In fact, all eight of the men on Operation Pastorius had ties to America. Some were citizens, some had served in the U.S. military, and many had lived in the U.S. for most of their lives. Operation Pastorius began December 15, 1941, four days after Hitler declared war on the U.S. Hitler appointed a man named Walter Kappa to lead the effort. Kappa's first order of business? Find men who could be loyal to the Third Reich, but also pass for U.S. citizens. The first to be hired was 39-year-old George Dosh. Dosh had served in the German military during World War I, but went to the United States after the war was over. There, he worked as a waiter and even married an American woman. But in 1941, he returned to Germany, claiming that he wanted to partake in political life. Though some members of the German military were suspicious of Dasch's commitment to Nazism, Kappa was not. After three months of rigorous training, Dasch was chosen to lead two teams of saboteurs into America. On June 12, 1942, the first team arrived by submarine on the shores of Amagansett, Long Island, or what is now the Hamptons. The second arrived a few days later in Florida. 
The saboteurs hid boxes of ammunition and explosives by the beaches, weapons they'd planned to dig up when the time was right. Unfortunately, they didn't hide them well enough. The New York box was soon discovered by the local Coast Guard and sent to J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI. Hoover suspected a sabotage operation was afoot, but after an extensive investigation, the Bureau had zero leads. That all changed on June 14, 1942, when George Dosh called the FBI and insisted on talking directly with J. Edgar Hoover. At first, the agent on the phone thought his claim about being a Nazi spy was a hoax, but Dosh was determined to turn himself in and insisted he wasn't joking. Dosh traveled to Washington and met with the FBI in person. They soon realized that his story lined up exactly with the box they had found on the beach and put him in contact with Hoover. When Dosh gave up locations, agents started rounding up the rest of the ring. Dosh had anticipated that upon turning himself and his cohort in, he would be deemed an American hero. But while biding his time in prison, he saw a guard reading a newspaper with his picture splashed across the front page. The headline read, Captured Nazi Spy. He was the villain. Things took a turn for the worse when President Roosevelt ordered a virtually unprecedented military tribunal for the eight men arrested. Dosh and his comrades were incarcerated in individual cells in Washington, D.C., and Roosevelt declared that they would be tried by law of war. Any hope that Dosh had of being pardoned and deemed a hero was slipping away through the crack in his cell door. All eight were found guilty. Six, including Haupt and Neubauer, were handed the death penalty. One other was given life in prison. And though Dosh's sentence was reduced to 30 years, this was hardly the pardon he'd been expecting. On August 8, 1942, the six men were taken to the electric chair. Each of their deaths lasted an average of 14 minutes. J. Edgar Hoover relished in the credit and was deemed a hero by Americans. He then used this newfound status to advocate for harsher restrictions and scrutiny on immigrant families, all in the name of defense. On May 7, 1945, the Germans formally surrendered to Allied forces. And after the U.S. unleashed atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Japan surrendered too. On September 2, 1945, World War II was officially declared over. Meanwhile, George Dosh continued petitioning for a pardon, but each time Hoover denied his requests. Eventually, fear about Nazi spies waned. When Harry S. Truman took over as president, Dosh was released from prison, but he was not allowed to stay in America, nor was the truth revealed. Instead, he was sent back to Germany, but was rejected by the Germans, too. In a memoir about his life, 
Dosh would later state that his plan had been to sabotage not the Americans, but the Germans. But at the time, the book was widely ignored. After Dosh's death, the truth finally came out. George Dosh was not a traitor to America, but a hero. And the real crime was stolen glory. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories on the hidden world of spies, check out the ParCast original, Espionage. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Trent Williamson, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Stacey Lee Nemec, with writing assistance by Maggie Admire. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 